<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey folks, it's Matt Zachary and welcome to Vax On, a weekly segment of my podcast out of patience right here on the Offscript Network. Hey, I'm Alora Nanos. I'm a lawyer, a journalist, a mom of a teenage narcoleptic, and a professional big mouth. Lou and I go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID the door. We're here together to learn, complain, and include you in the conversation. So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn. All right, Matt, let's get at it. Hello, Allura. Matt, what's happening? Oh, my goodness. We're back live in studio. I love being live in studio. Fun week. Such a fun week. It was 90, then it was 40, then it was 10. Now it's 60. (laughs) The weather's having all sorts of fun with us. The weather is freaking out. It's a good thing climate change is the hoax. So, you know, I'm just going to go to sleep right now. Can I tell you, my daughter was studying climate for her seventh grade science test, and I had to help her study. And oh, my God, by the end of the study session, I had such mammoth anxiety. It was just terrible. Was that like world ending panic? curriculum or what are they teaching in seventh grade? They were just teaching like normal, like what creates major climate changes. And I mean, it was very moderate. But as someone who understands that climate change is a major crisis, it was pretty terrifying because, you know, it was by no means any kind of like, uh, you know, ultra politicized curriculum. Right. But it was it was very scary because we never learned that at all. No, well, I, I guess it wasn't. T- I mean, we had the ozone. That was the ozone big deal. Right, the, the chlorofluorocarbons. Yes. Yeah, Don't use the Aquanet. I mean, Aquanet. <laughs> yeah, Aquanet was going to kill everybody. And then what happened? It. The ozone is on its way to be healed, apparently. Did they fix it? They did fix it. But they fixed the ozone. But did they fix the hairspray? Or they just put different shit in the hairspray? I think it's it? different net now. It, it, now it's internet, not Aquanet. <laughs> I remember being like legit concerned about the Aquanet. What, what are we going to do? And then it was My fine. hair needs to be this high. Yes. The ultimate Staten Island concern. I mean, Depp was the the ultimate, I oh, suppose. Depp, Depp was like the most ghetto like, yeah. <laughs> hair gel like ever. the Dracar of hair, hair products. Oh, it was so bad. It was like glue or... Do they even make Depp anymore? I don't know. But it was like you, you drop something in it. Like, it wasn't even like prowl. It didn't even fall. It was like just like in jello. Yeah, yeah. It was... Oh, God. Did you have to go there and bring that up? I mean, you brought up that. Anyway, in better news... In better news. Like, what's better than like, you know, I don't know, um, Depp and CFCs. Uh, the queen has COVID. It's better than Depp, <laughs> but it's worse than what we'd like. But Poor. what's all this then? I, I know. Queen Elizabeth, she's got COVID. And, and here's the thing. Is that, it Delta, Omicron? Or is it COVID classic? I would kind of like to know that. I would like to think that if the queen's going to get COVID, it's COVID classic. She's got to get COVID classic. <laughs> she deserves COVID classic. I mean, Omicron is a, mo- is a lot less. Not a less. bad way, but I mean, like, she's the queen. She needs the best one. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> the original. There's no substitute for Queen Elizabeth. She needs the best one. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I have to tell you, she's 95, right? Yeah. So um, pretty much any illness that she gets right now is like, let's lock this shit down and be careful with this lady. She's like a soft breeze away from collapse. Yeah. She, although she is. You, ever, you watch The Crown. I mean, this lady is going strong. No, she she's going to die of nothing. Yeah, I mean, she's just going to not be here anymore. Right. Is the thing sometimes. Good old fashioned, just dying of old age <laughs> at old... some point in your hundreds. I guess. Well, the Queen Mother lived to what, 103, four? Yeah, she lived, you know, she's got wonderful genes. Um, but, but here. Inbreeding has the privileges. <laughs> oh, I knew. I went there. You did. I wasn't going to go there. I don't know if we have a lot of people listening in the UK, but I love you guys. I love the UK. Although I, I have to say this. I'm having a little problem with the logic right now in the UK. Go forth. Because at the same time, so it was Sunday when Queen Elizabeth tested positive for COVID. And then Monday when Prime Minister Boris Johnson decided that they're not going to have COVID restrictions anymore. Right. That seems weird. I don't know. Like it's London. They do drive on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> There's got to be some calculus there. I feel like also it makes not a lot of sense to me what they're doing in England. So and I'm all for but they are everything, right? Everything's gone back to normal as if nothing ever happened. I mean, apparently he said that Johnson said that starting Thursday, which is the day this episode drops, they're going to end contact tracing and they're going to end the requirement that if you test positive, you have to stay home and isolate. Right. No more quarantine. That's so strange to me. I mean, I understand ending quarantine for exposure. I do. But to say you're now not obligated to quarantine even when you have COVID seems kind of cavalier. I mean, from what I understand, Newsom is doing the same thing in California. They're getting rid of everything except for like certain pockets of Los Angeles. I don't understand this. I kind of feel like there are two things I'd like to keep in place no matter what. First, if you know for a fact that you have COVID, stay the fuck home. I'm not saying you got to rearrange your entire life because you might have it or you might have been exposed. Kind of like if you have like a regular fever or flu or cold, just stay home. Stay home. If you have a stomach virus, stay the fuck home. I mean, I guess you're not legally required to stay home if you have a stomach virus. But, you know, it's a courtesy. It's it's more than a courtesy when we're talking about a virus that we know is extremely contagious. Right. You know, so and we know how it's contagious. I kind of feel like. Stay the fuck home. And I wouldn't have any problem if they kept on the books regulations that you have to stay home if you know you've been infected with COVID. I think that's fine. I mean, are we moving toward is this what endemic is where we just kind of manage it? We cut our losses. We hope for the best and we, we do what we can. Yeah. I mean, I think, yes. I just don't understand why regulations can't be like at medium. It's kind of like they're either on or off because in Britain, they're also stopping free COVID testing, which I think is idiotic. No, that should be it's should, idiotic. Yeah, that, that, why? I don't get that. I don't get it at all. I mean, I, except for I, I guess the the rationale is that the government just can't pay, pay for endless COVID tests. But like, are people abusing COVID tests? Is that like really a big problem? Is it really that expensive at this point of scale? It certainly shouldn't be. Right. Right. So I just feel like if there's a way to be safer, why would you want to make it difficult for people to be safer? That just seems dumb to me. What's also funny is that the rules only apply to England themselves and most don't know or maybe do that. The United Kingdom is a series of countries that are mostly connected. Are you going to make me do a geography thing like, about here's the like UK? like the urine end of the pool. Like, forget, <laughs> you know, I know Wales and Ireland are separate, but Northern Ireland, Scotland, like they're all part of one big island. Right. But there's, there's no they're like, all giant different. wall that you have to cross over. True. I mean, I saw Braveheart and Scotland likes to just do things differently. They kind of so do whatever they want. But can I tell you this? This quote that I found really amusing 
So Boris Johnson, this is what he said in his speech. It's time that we got our confidence back. We don't need laws to compel people to be considerate to others. We can rely on that sense of responsibility toward one another. Like how British of him. That was so British. Like we don't need the laws. We'll just be polite. That goes back to a Robin Williams skit in the 1980s where how like we have, have all the cops have guns in this country, but in England, they don't. <laughs> so how do cops threaten you? Like, stop or I'll say stop again. <laughs> I kind of, It was funny because I read that. I was like, really? Like, we're just going to be considerate. And then for a minute, I said, oh, well, I guess it's England. So yeah. I guess maybe that means. They have a mulligan. <laughs> I said that's Scottish. Isn't that a great stereotype, though? What? The, the British stereotype that they're that they're people just are just polite. more polite. It's a great stereotype. I, <laughs> I don't know. know if it's accurate at all, but I just feel like it's a fantastic stereotype. I think of stereotype. all the stereotypes to possibly be cast with, that's a good one. It's fantastic. You're all damn polite. Yeah, you're just so polite. Bad teeth, but polite. With your umbrellas <laughs> and your nice shoes. <laughs> with your umbrellas. <laughs> it's also a great stereotype. Always prepared oh, for the race. God, now. <laughs> your chimney sweeps, and your Mary Poppins, and your Dick Van Dykes, <laughs> and your chitty chitty bang bangs, and all that. Yeah, good luck. Your Austin Powers and all that. I, lo- I love me some Brits. I'll say that. No, it's, it, I love London. It's a great city. I've never been to London, but I just. Really? Oh, you're missing out. I know. I should go, right? I should I should be there. Does somebody... I'm like a human photo for London. I could tell you what to do, where to go. I've been really? so many times. Do you it's need great. me to go there to go tape a podcast? Because yeah, yeah. I'll Let, go. Let's, <laughs> like Charles Carroll, we'll send you off on a mission. I'm all about it, man. Uh, anyway, that's what's happening in London. Would you like to hear what's happening in Africa? Because there's apparently some good news out of Africa. I know. Like, we don't get to say that a lot because that poor continent gets gets the shit under the stick most of the time. Yeah, but right now it actually sounds very good. The World Health Organization said that six African countries, namely Egypt, Kenya, Nigeria, Senegal, South Africa, and Tunisia, would be the first countries on the African continent to receive the technology needed to produce mRNA vaccines. This so is they're giving reason. them like the tools to build the warehouses to manufacture in the continent rather than shipping all the stuff to them. That is what it sounds like. Now I'm going to admit something. You don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so now, <laughs> are we supposed to be reading the news? No, I am reading the news, and I'm and I'm very glad. Like it, it clearly says that now Africa is going to be able to produce the vaccines themselves. Right. Okay. So I get, I, like I get, I get it. I get why. Self-sustaining, teach a man to fish. Absolutely. Right. It, it sounds wonderful. What I don't understand is. What does that mean that they're going to get the technology? So is the technology for mRNA vaccines, does that mean like the formula? Does it mean the machinery? Maybe the raw materials to build the factories or design the laboratories to produce mass scale of products? I just feel like it's intentionally vague. They're getting the technology. Like, are they getting, like, the blueprint for the vaccine? And they're like, here's the information. Good luck. Or are they... I like to think they're teaching a man to fish. They're going to teach them. They're going to build all the tech. They're going to use the most brilliant scientists, scientific minds in Africa, in these countries that have the Wakandans of Africa, are going to be given sort of the, the kitchen utensils and the pots and the pans and the ingredients and go cook a steak. And is that called the technology? Whatever I just said. <laughs> Makes sense in my head. That, listen, whatever it is, even if it is just the blueprints, I am thrilled for Africa. This sounds like a wonderful thing. And and we, we should... need more people to have access to this vaccine. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's all good. I just wish I understood a little bit clearer what it is that Africa is getting and how it's getting it. Because, frankly, if it's just like the the how to guide. 
like they probably could have sent that to Africa via email like a year like, ago. This is not IKEA. It's not building. It's not like IKEA. <laughs> right. I hope they don't get the IKEA. Di- like everything's a Swedish. Just put it together yourself. Good luck. I went to IKEA over this past weekend, and Jesus, let me tell you, no, no, oh my God! Like I came home and I said, I'm going to put this shelf together, and I'm going to do it because I'm a modern woman and I can do it. Yeah, it, I lasted about ninety seconds. And your Glubnik come together. <laughs> I just broke a lawyer with Gloobnik. It's a nice five five shelf ladder. <laughs> my God, <laughs> it was a fucking mess, is what it was. And my daughter, it was her first trip to IKEA. So on the way in, <laughs> by the way, not a sponsor. <laughs> on the way in, I explained to her we're going to this big store where it's really cool, and you get to Wait, like. She's never been to she's IKEA. She's never been there. No, that's a culture shock moment to go so, in there with the meatballs on everything. <laughs> to her on the way in I was like we're going to the store and it's really fun because you can shop for your new room by looking at bedrooms she was like that sounds fun I was like and there's meatballs but also everything is cheap because it's a shit show and you have to figure out how to put the stuff together and she just looked at me like um okay and I was like also it's Swedish and everything's named Glorkba (laughs) Hugnag (laughs) you just have Right there. I broke Laura. <laughs> oh my god, everything needs an IKEA name now. Yes. This they show should... is now sponsored by York Knock. I feel like if they had given the COVID vaccine an IKEA name, people would never have been against it. Actually, the lamp behind you, the lamps that are in this are called Magnarps. <laughs> Real look it up. Google it, kids. The Magnarp is like a paper lamp from IKEA. It's great when it works. All hair Magnarp. <laughs> All right. I'll with the Sir moment, Paul. We're here to do our Sirmo poll. Yeah. Just for the li- let's remind the listeners the end. What is Sirmo? Why are we doing this? Okay. So Sirmo is an international social media platform that is used purely by physicians worldwide. 1.3 million members. 1.3 million members. And it allows doctors from across the world to talk to each other and have a platform to interact. And what we get to do is ask our questions on the Sermo platform. To those millions of doctors. To those millions of doctors. And we get responses back from doctors all over the world uh, in the form of a poll. So it allows us to sort of take the temperature on some, you know, hot medical issues that we might be interested in and just kind of hear what people have to say. And we don't know which geography, wait, and we're not privy to where in the world these doctors are responding to our polls, but it's a general global sentiment response right. to the questions that you tell us to ask them. Yep. And it's, it's just great insight. So what do we ask them this week? So we're really concerned this week about what's happening with the vaccines for the young kids under five years old. Right. Lots of families still anxiously awaiting a pediatric vaccine for kids ages six months to four years. And we want to know, like, what's happening with that? Um, so we asked a series of questions. First, we asked, will you recommend that your patients vaccinate their kids that are between six months and five years? And 65% of the doctors said yes. 35% said no, that they would not recommend vaccinating young children. And we don't know why. We just asked them yes or no questions. Right. We don't know why. It may be because they're against the vaccine. It may be because they distrust something in kids that age. Or it may be because they're like, sir, I'm a podiatrist. (laughs) (laughs) This is a Wendy's. Right. It may be that this is a Wendy's situation. All right. Next question. Would you vaccinate your own children if they were between those ages? Which I think is an interesting question. Yeah. Like, would you take your own medicine? Right. And that I mean, that really gets to the heart of it. Right. That's even if you're a podiatrist. Right. Even if you were at a Wendy's, would you vaccinate or or a podiatrist at Wendy's? (laughs) Would you vaccinate your own kids? Um, Same same uh, percentages. Sixty five. Thirty five. Yes. Yes. Sixty five. Thirty five. Yes. No. Makes sense. 
Absolutely. Um, in your opinion, will parents of children in that age group be more or less likely to vaccinate their kids against COVID as compared to parents of older children? 20% said that they think those parents would be more likely to vaccinate. 63% said less likely. 18% said the same. Um, and, and that makes sense to me. I think that when you have very young children, especially because those kids are getting lots of other vaccines at that age, I can imagine people will be more hesitant. I mean, to be honest with you and the listeners and, and, and my whole universe, if I had children under five, I would personally be hesitant to give them any vaccine for yeah, any reason. It's just sort of the way outside it is. of the ones you're supposed to get them that have been proven for many, many years. Right. I mean, it's like you feel that way when it's very young kids that you're just kind of afraid to do anything. Right. And and whether or not that's rational. Because giant meatloaves, I could, <laughs> your, yeah. your goal is to not kill them. Right. And I, I think it's kind of like not as informed by medic medicine and science and it's just informed Instinctive by of protection right it's like this weird like i don't even know and i hate doing all of it and like, i'm not going to give them cucumbers right because you're still in the like i don't know can i give them the peanut butter can i give them shellfish like, right i remember our pediatrician when <laughs> when my son was 18 months old i said so so can he have shellfish and the doctor was like what what are you going to give him and I was like, in like puree form. What are you thinking? I was like, it's Christmas Eve and we're Italian. Like, I need to know if he can eat like snails and smelts. They were like, what house do you live in? <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> he was like, you could try it. I don't think he's going to eat it. And then my son just scarfed up those scallops. Nice. I know. Um, fourth question. Fourth question. Do you have reservations about the approval of the vaccine, given that for ages two to four, the immune response of a two-dose regimen was not as robust as other age groups? Now, this, I think, is really, this is an important thing here, right? Because the immune response for those real young kids, age two to four, it seemed like it wasn't really as good as right. for older like, kids. It was like six months to two was good, and like four to five was good. But, but in between wasn't so great. Yeah, it wasn't so great. So doctors, 65% of them said, yes, we do have some reservations. 35% said, now we're not worried about it. Identical to questions one and two. Interestingly That's enough. That's true. That is interesting. Um, and last question. Do you agree that rather than wait for the results of a three-dose regimen, regulators should move ahead with the less robust two-dose regimen given the urgency of the situation? Um, like, should we just go ahead with what we've got, basically? 70-30, yes, I'm reading. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, I, it makes sense. Yeah, I think it does make sense. I think these are hard questions. What's well, an over under at this point? Again, like science is knowledge in the in the moment. Yeah. Like we're only forecasting what we know based on data. Yeah. And I think that, you know, this data for real young kids, I think it's it's difficult to know. Like if you were in charge of making these rules and making these decisions, I think it would be tough. So um you know, I mean, vaccination is a good thing and it it helps and it works and all that. And there's, you know, hasn't been a lot of side effects, but um I don't know. I think it's I think it's tough. I, it would be much easier if it was like it worked 99 percent for everybody aged, you know, six days and up like like aspirin. Does it work for everybody? Yeah, I, guess I think aspirin works for everybody. Not me. I have a bleeding disorder. I can't or you're the aspirin. only one. That <laughs> you are always the exception. <laughs> All right. On that note, back to Wendy's and now a word from Wendy's, our sponsor, <laughs> not really our sponsor. We'll be back after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are back, and we stopped picking on Florida for a long time, and we're not really doing it today either. We're kind of picking on Canadians again. I I, I don't feel, listen, I'm not picking on Canada. I'm just here reporting the fact. Okay. Okay. And um, this once utopian landscape of a moving there, if someone gets elected, is no longer like the bastion of opportunity we thought it was. No, but things are, I guess, getting better, right? Because they broke up that whole shit show on the bridge. Yeah, finally. The thing we talked about last week, the the trucker thing, right? The the trucker thing, the, the blockade. They seem to have broken that up, although uh, Prime Minister Trudeau says, like, listen, not so fast. We might I still need these emergency powers because the people are still kind of standing by and they may regroup and make another blockade soon. So I need to keep these powers going. Does he need sharks with freaking laser beams on them, too? I think he might. OK, I, I, I'm imagining like, why don't they just paint the the ground in that bridge like with the crisscross like the don't block the box thing right because right. i feel like there is no fear like the fear of blocking the box i want them to do like a wiley county where they stretch the road into a rock and paint the cave of the road extending through the rock and then the trucks <laughs> just crash on the rocks oh my God. And I, that's so grim yeah that's but I mean, can, come on cartoons for the win can i read you my favorite quote from the story about canada that i read please do. okay here it, it says the Royal Canadian Mounted Police said that those who had their bank accounts frozen were influencers in illegal protests in Ottawa. Now, here's my question as I read this. The Mounted Police are there? I did not even consider. Do they have guns? I don't know. They must. It's like, stop or I'll stomp on you. I, I just had never considered. On my caribou. In, in, my, in my mental picture of what was happening in Canada, like I'm picturing like handsome Trudeau doing something and people getting pissed off at him. And then I'm picturing like a bunch of truckers on this bridge and everybody being very cold. What I am not picturing. With is, Ryan Reynolds in the background. Yes. And, yes. Uh, you know, and any Canadian famous American And people celebrity. just randomly walking around being like, what is all this about? Like, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm picturing. Okay. I need Terrence and Philip to do a song about this from the South Park movie. Yes, please do that. And But I never at any point had a mental picture of anyone on horseback. And I just feel like throwing that in just changes the whole mental picture. That's hysterical. Like the mounted brigade. I feel like what usually horse beats random vagrant or whoever lying around. Right, right. But then, like, I think truck beats horse. But caribou beats truck. Caribou does beat truck. <laughs> but You've seen those? Ever seen one up close? No. They're like 40 feet tall. They're like Are these they? massive dinosaur like giant things. Can I tell you a fantastic anecdote about caribou? Go ahead. Please do. I have an aunt who grew up in the Philippines and I once asked her, did you have any pets growing up? And um, you know, she grew up very poor in a you know, poor country. And she said, oh, yes, we had a pet caribou. 
And I was in the Philippines. And she said, and I wrote it to school. So I was like, what? It made no sense. I couldn't understand where she was going. Then I found out what the issue was. There is another animal called a carabao. Oh. That is actually a water buffalo. Okay. That's what she had as a pet. Caribou and a carabao. Two different things. The more you know. <laughs> I can't see the rainbow. Come on. It's the best anecdote. Do you have a caribou anecdote? No, you don't. I, you Well, you own the caribou anecdote moment of the day. So, okay. So here's where we're going to leave things. So Trudeau still has the emergency powers. So far, it sounds like things are getting better because they did break it up mm-hmm. on the bridge. So, like, I guess things are getting better. People still hate Trudeau because they don't want him to have those emergency powers. Um, but most of the protesters are gone. So I don't know that I believe that they're just going to, like, wake up someday and be like, you know what? Let's go back to that bridge. I don't feel like that's the way protests work. You know, I, I had a final thought before we wrap the show. Yeah. We're, we're approaching a point where, yes, we will hopefully be or maybe already are in this endemic stage, at least in many, many countries where we're just going to deal with it. And just to go back to what we talked about in the beginning, hope that when people get sick, like they normally used to get sick, they just kind of go home and stay home and don't get other people sick with colds, flus, stomach virus, whatever you have that's wrong with you. I'd like to think traditional common courtesy was I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to go to work today because I don't feel like great. You know, this idea of getting rid of free COVID tests bothers me because there should be a way, at least for the foreseeable couple of months, to allow people who choose to be the decent type of citizens. Because I'd like to think it's it would be easier for the average person that isn't feeling well to just do a home test than worry about going to the doctor, infecting people in the office and spreading it in a way that's the, even if it's not as severe as like COVID classic, Omicron is more pervasive, but less severe and met in most cases. I think it bothers me. I guess we're ranting about this is that in the spirit of endemic, all the people we've been demanding, come on, please get vaccinated for the greater good. If we're at a point now where it's moot to be vaccinated, did they win? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I but I think that what you're what you're talking about is the most important point here, which is one of the the few good things that came out of this pandemic is that people have become more aware of health, health care, the transmission of disease. I think everyone has become more aware of that. And I think that if you know you have a contagious illness, any illness, not just COVID, um, but to that you should be responsible and aware of what you're doing and how that affects other people. And if anything, I hope that we as a society have become more responsible about our decisions to go to work and go to school, but also have become more understanding about the need for people to stay home when they're not feeling well. Um, You know, you see now how everything shuts down if you say, oh, well, I have COVID or I'm exposed to COVID. There's no questions asked. You don't come to work. You don't come to school. You don't come to work. You don't have to do a whole song and dance and feel pressure from your employer to get there because everyone knows, oh, I have COVID. I got to stay home. So I hope that we hold on to that to a degree to say people's health is more important than making sure you get into work or making sure you go to that meeting. Against the backdrop of the fact that most people are probably going to just be work from homewards from now on. So this whole idea of going back to a physical office may be something that just doesn't happen the way it used to be. So is it possible that whether or not you care about the well-being of other people and your actions affect them, you wouldn't be doing that because you're home and not amongst people in an office? So hopefully that, you know, for a lot of people, that's such a good thing. So at a, at a minimum, even if people are not permanently home, being 
at work from home is at least an option for far more people than ever used to be. Right. That now it gives you a way to still participate in the workforce from your house, you know, without infecting other people. And that's such a good thing. And or I'm just, so glad. Just fuck up your family. Right. Not like, your coworkers. Right. right. Absolutely. <laughs> now you can just get your spouse. It gets yes, sick. exactly. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> and on that note. On that note, this has been your weekly dose of Vax on. <laughs> Make sure to tip your horses on the way tip out. Tip your horses and... Carabas. Go magnop yourself at Ikea. Look it up. <laughs> Thank you, Ikea. Not a sponsor. Uh, we'll see you next week. All right. There's your show. Put it together yourself. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for now. If you like Facts On, be sure to subscribe. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social and tell all your friends to listen. Tell us your shit show of a healthcare story by leaving a message for us at 855-AUDIO-66, and we might just use it in a future show. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Health. We are a healthcare engagement company built for patients and caregivers by patients and caregivers. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. Our senior producer is Brianna Seely. Our hosts are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Brianna Seely. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscriptnot.com. That's media at offscript.com. For more information, visit offscript.com. <laughs>